Hey, it's our first podcast of the new millennia. Happy 2020. I'm Barbara Walters, and this uh, is 2020. You know what? I wonder whoever thought of the, to make that Facebook post. Barbara Walters should, whatever his name, Vin Diesel. Who is the... <laughs> what are you who talking do, who about? Who does the Dick Clark show now? The Dick Clark New Year? Uh, uh, definitely not Vin Diesel. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the same size. Got more hair. Ryan Siegel. Ryan Siegel. He, uh, Seacrest. <laughs> <laughs> One, Vin Diesel and Ryan Seacrest are not the same He's size literally people. literally the most opposite people really? you could imagine. Uh, have you seen Ryan Seacrest ever <laughs> with your eyes? Have you seen Vin Diesel ever? <laughs> I bet they're both five I foot. would say if you... you know that Fonzie is really short? He's like five, six, If you put five, two seven. Ryan Seacrest together, no one knows his real name. a Vin Diesel. Hank Mathers. <laughs> 1.5 Ryan Seacrest equals one Vin Diesel. That's I think what it's it more than that. 1.7. Let's go 1.7. All right, so whoever thought of doing that on Facebook, congratulations. But for the other 8,000, no, 8 million people. I don't know what you're talking about. The people that posted, like, I wish Vin Diesel would not do the, the show. <laughs> Ryan Seacrest wouldn't do the show, and Barbara Walters would, and then she would say, this is 2020. What show? The uh, New Year's Eve. Happy New Year. Oh, you went to bed drop. at 8 a.m. or 8 p.m. <laughs> yeah. Did you stay up? No. I haven't stayed up in at least three years. Here's the thing. Is it really different every year? No. Is it's, it worth it? No. no. <laughs> what would be different? That's what I'm saying. What, why do people stay up just to watch the ball drop? Oh, no, I wouldn't stay up to watch the ball if drop. If you stay up... extra four hours of sleep that I got. Because I <laughs> four? You <laughs> did, did you go to bed at eight? Nine. Oh. If you stay Math up... Hard. If you stayed up and watched the ball Nine, drop... 10, 11, 12. Leave a comment in Math the suggestion hard. section below. <laughs> also, make sure you click subscribe... On the on the like button for our podcast here, I think we have a couple of conversations going on at the same time here. Well, we're having conversation and Zach is just talking. We're still talking about Vin Diesel. Loud noises. It is 2020. We are. This is the. You didn't even say what this is. This is the behind the message podcast. No, this is the clarity conversation. No, in no, focus. No, 2020. No, no. It's no, not. no blur here. Twenty twenty. We're jumping, <laughs> jumping into a new year. We have a theme this year. We're talking a lot about reconciliation. So, that's what we're opening up today. Reconciliation. Yeah, I'm excited. I this, I both dread. I have a mix of dread and excitement for this year's theme. Mm. I don't feel any dread. Really? No. Have you ever felt dread in your life, though? Maybe I don't. I can't think of a time. What would make <laughs> me feel? What would feel dread? When it's else? like a like it's a antis, like excited anticipation mixed with a bit of scariness. That's what dread is. What's the yeah. main source of scariness for you when you think about our community talking about reconciliation? I just think it's it requires when I've gone through moments of or. Seasons is the better word. Seasons of estrangement in my life, it's uh, always something that feels very vulnerable to talk about. It's very personal. And so, like, the excitement is giving people a place <clears throat> to grow in that because we all need that. But the dread, the scary excitement is that 
that's very vulnerable, personal to hmm. share. Yeah, I think the the thing that is scary, and I think I would even feel scared about this, is being wrong, right? Wrong, correct? Because <laughs> a common perception is is that the reason there is an estrangement between a person and another person, or between God and us, or between an organization and another, or whatever it is, is that somebody was right and somebody was wrong. And generally, estrangement is where people, well, generally, general might be a strong word, but a lot of times, an estrangement is where both people feel like they're right and the other is wrong. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, what it, we're walking into is a, a season where we're going to say, grace. Let's do it. Let's you got to, it. it's not about right and wrong. Yeah. And so today we're talking about Reconciliation 101, and we're talking about the cost of reconciliation. And uh, we're going to take a quick break uh, in a moment, and then we'll jump into that. Um, some stuff coming up in the Corner Church world we want to make sure that you guys know about and are invited to. Have you volunteered are... in the Corner Church world? That's the question. That's the question. Uh, if, that's, if that's you, you should come to our volunteer appreciation event that we have on the 20. 20- Sixth, mm-hmm. January twentieth. January twenty-sixth. Tw- that's nope. twenty-sixth. That's RSVP by January twentieth. Twenty-sixth yeah. yeah. is the. Sunday. It's the the twenty-sixth of January. Uh, we'd love to celebrate you, appreciate you, and uh, have a lot of fun together. It's going to be a, a big group of people smashed into the North Loop. Just smushed right smashed in. Smashed in there. If you are new or newer to the Corner Church world, uh, if you've never been to a new or newer dinner, it may be a better way to qualify yourself. Yep. January twelfth. January 12th, opportunity to come, just share a meal, to meet the Corner Church staff, and opportunity to share who you are, uh, opportunity for us to share who we are, and uh, start those connections. And we have a work day on February 2nd, work day one Get in your paint Uptown. On. Get your paint on. Get your paint on. Get your paint on. <laughs> nope. Get those nope. paint brushes and those ladders. Get them going paint on. <laughs> That's on February 2nd. And that's said. <laughs> We're going to do that in the afternoon into the evening. It's a Sunday. Uh, so get your paint on. Get your paint on. <laughs> get your paint on. Lastly, I'll mention uh, our spring semester connection groups are coming quickly. They start the first week of February. You got to get your details in on the Corner Church website so that uh, we can share it with other people. Yep. Get those in now. Who's going to go first? I think Zach's going first. So reconciliation. <laughs> oh, boy. That's, why don't, why don't you do a Nacho Libre reference while you're at it? Yeah, you haven't done I one can't of think, I while. can't think of one. Really? I'll come up with one. You know what you should do is you should do a Nacho Libre reference to the extra scenes, the one with the eagle. Yeah. The, the alternative. There's, there's such a strange scene in the extras where Jack Black is in a dress uh, that looks like it's made out of birds, and he presents... He's covered in birds? I don't know. It's weird. It's a weird movie. I love it so much. And reconciliation is... <laughs> We're going to reconcile this whole process. We're going to try and reconcile everything yeah. today. So, hey, all right, let me, let me ask you the question. Okay. I'm ready. Oh. Ow, that's my knee. That's fine. <laughs> Keep it in. You don't need to edit that out. No, I'm fine. 
But think about free. Free. What a, on Sunday we're going to bring a couple conversations about leading into reconciliation. We're talking about how it has a cost. And uh, I've been trying to think of all the different things that people call free but are definitely not free. The one that I thought of That's this morning was uh, Home Depot coffee. Hmm. You can go to Home Depot right now, and there is a about an inch and a half in a glass, one of those six-cup urn things. The that, bun. <clears throat> that was made. The, the old bun coffee was made maker. At five this morning when the f- opened, 5.30, just before they opened, and it's now refined down to a oily slick. I think of like the old, it's free. Uh, the old way that cell phone contracts used to work. Like there oh, was yeah. always the extra cost, and it made like your purchase price of your phone was only like a hundred bucks, but then your plan was way more than it was supposed to be. And so every year you'd get your free upgrade, but it's really the upgrade you've been paying for all year. Yeah, long. well, cell phones are great because it's like you say, you know what? Right now, it used to be you have to pay for minutes, but now minutes are free. If it was free, why is why is the four cell phones on my? I don't I don't even want to talk about it. There's nothing free about a cell phone. With like the unlimited text messaging now, why is it unlimited now? But then you go back five years and or ten years, and I was getting scolded messages for costed. But you can't call something free that is associated with a hundred dollar bill. Yeah. There's nothing truly free in the world, is there? Let's just see if you can think of like uh watching a sunrise. Where's the money? Where does, what does that cost? A lot of people would say sleep. Or or, t- <laughs> or time. That's true. Yeah. Sleep and time. Yep. Transportation cost maybe if you're in a spot you can't see the sun come up. Yeah. Opportunity cost is real because that needing to be able to sleep or wanting to be able to sleep is is definitely a cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, most things, it just comes down to prioritize. Like, there's cost with literally everything, but you prioritize which costs are worth it. What about YouTube? What about it? What's the... To watch it? Yeah. You watch ads. You're giving your time to those ads, and that funds YouTube. YouTube, I, I still don't know how it works, honestly. I think There's I, a commercial every single no, video. No, no, I know. I get it. I'm, I'm assuming that the way it works is that these companies, they pay YouTube to advertise their yeah. stuff, and then we watch it, and then supposedly we go buy their stuff. But I've seen the Grammarly video three million <laughs> times, and I still have not purchased a subscription to Grammarly. Speaking so. of, this podcast is brought to you by Grammarly. <laughs> is, oh, what is Grammarly? It's like spell check, even though spell check's already a thing. It's, okay. Oh, so it's like Grammarly. It's like, uh, it's like Google Docs. But you tighten it. It's like extra good at looking at. Well, your listen, words. Grammarly wouldn't let you say extra good. <laughs> extra good. It's like it's, it's good. like it's it like an editor. Suggestions of like, yeah. oh, you've used this word too many yeah. times. Try these synonyms instead. Yeah, I think the you thing said that cinnamon so good. Cinnamon. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that really drove the knife into the heart of it for me was the actress that they paid at one point to. Uh, to give the script, and it, it was just so rehearsed. Like, if you write anything at all on your computer, you need to get Grammarly. And I don't know. I'm just like, I just like spell wow, check it. You, I you mean, looking at our, 
Our I mean, you can our, only skip the last part of I it. Wish Scott used Grammarly a little bit more. <laughs> well, if I had more time, I would be Scott's Grammarly. That's great. I do like I, I like when things are misspelled, and I play a game of what word is this supposed to be? That's Sound fine. it out, hooked on phonics. It's like the text message you sent us on the way over. Yeah, here. my yeah. voice to text skills have been on point lately. They've on been really point. good. the The point of it is, is that free. It so you may not be paying for something, but some most things that even you don't pay for are not free. The Home Depot coffee was bought by Home Depot. The sunrise you had to get up early. The uh, YouTube, somebody paid for those ads. Somebody's paying all those people at Alphabet to, what is it called? What's the parent organization? Alphabet. Alphabet. Yeah. Somebody's paying all these people. And just free free is not a reality, but we bring that concept to the idea of uh, repentance, forgiveness, grace, going from uh, broken relationship to fixed relationship and for some reason, it's very easy to assume that to get a relationship to work again that's broken, it just happens. It doesn't cost you anything. It shouldn't cost. If it wasn't my fault, it shouldn't cost me anything. Or, the, or, or at the, least we don't want it to cost us if anything. If it's meant to be, is oh, what yeah. I hear people say. That's good. That's a good cultural one. I don't sure. really get along with my dad, but if it's meant to be, we'll work it out yeah. someday. It's just always easier to not work through broken relationship. It's, it's always easier. Like, how do relationships get to that point? Well, how do relationships... I think relationships always get to that point, right? That's good. <laughs> so then the option... So if there's, you do, if what you you're do, saying is there's opportunity for estrangement in every relationship. Oh, totally. Yeah. So what is the difference between a relationship that becomes estranged and one that doesn't? Giving up. Giving up. Not wanting to work at it or give it any of that cost. Yeah, I think the. I think maybe I would say value is where do I where am I placing my value? Is it on myself and my rightness, or is it on value of the other person? Yeah, we talked about this some about how. It was you and Isaac, I don't remember, but that in a relationship, if it's a marriage relationship or family relationship, the thing that is not fixable for the moment when it, it just becomes almost impossible is the moment when somebody, one of the, one party quits trying. Mm. Yep. Try is important. Yeah, and try is a cost, for sure. Yeah. We talked about it being, all relationships being directional. And the not trying is that direction of facing away, of choosing yeah. to go not towards another person, but away from another person. Yeah, meaning that if you, if both people directionally are towards each other, my fingers are pointing at each other, because this is what I saw Greg do. <laughs> <laughs> There's opportunity for health. If one of the, I turn one of my fingers away, if you can visualize that, as I visualized this, Greg showed me. Uh, broken, or both fingers point away, both people point away broken. Uh, it Estrangement can still happen when you're pointing towards each other, but there is hope for it to be restored, reconciled. Sure. Uh, but as soon as one of the people or both, uh, or the groups or the, whatever it is, gives up, it's over. 
Yeah, uh, for me, that visual is one of the most powerful vi- visuals when I think of my relationship with God is that, uh, you know, I read the Bible and it's this story of God pointing towards me. Yeah. And, uh, and I look at my life and I see times where I have not been pointing towards him and miss the mark is what people say sin is. And when you're not pointed in the right direction... That's what it is. And uh, and so as we look at reconciliation is that action. And the amazing part is that in the times in life where I've pointed away, God isn't pointing away, hmm. which is what can happen. You can have a moment where, oh, they, they don't care about me and my values or whatever. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn away too. Yeah. The interesting thing is that even when one party does turn away – you can still have a system where the the other party stays pointed toward. And there's almost another level of re-reconciliation that what if the po- the party pointed away decides at some point, okay, I'm going to come back to this. Yeah. Um, and we'll open that up. I mean, the parable, parable of the prodigal son is, is that picture of one party leaving, pointing away, basically saying i want i want nothing to do with you i don't care about our relationship and the other party the father saying i'm going to stay pointed at you i'm going to pursue reconciliation if at all possible to the greatest degree waiting for as long as it'll take and i imagine the father might have had the moment that maybe this will never happen maybe my son will never come back home but i'm willing to stay in this place of reconciliation if he does come back what does that look like for us? Not that we would stay stuck, but that we would be willing to reconcile if at all possible, if people decide that they would be willing to come back to that table. I think about the alternative narratives of this story that I think they illustrate the cost. <clears throat> the father, or let's start with the son. The son could have said, listen, I'm I'm starving here in this foreign land. I'm out of money. I'm feeding pigs. These pigs have it better than me. and uh, But there's no way I'm going home. I'd rather die than go back home. Mm. And he dies. End of story. That's cost. Yeah. So then there's another alternative is that the son goes, listen, I'm going to go back and I'm going to demand another round of inheritance. Sure. I'm going to... You know what? Wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. Dad must have been holding back. I mowed more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mowed way more than that. Yeah, and and as I have thought about that alternative, alternative narrative or whatever, it's uh, I I mean it's confounding to me. Like, how could somebody have that audacity to come with that? But that is common. Hmm. I think it. I, I mean, I've had it before. This idea that it, this isn't fair. And you can turn something that is completely fair or right or just life and just go, not fair, and whine back about it. Which, quick thing, if Yuck. you haven't read the parable of the prodigal son, it's in Luke 15. Luke 15. Check it out. It's it's a very powerful story that Jesus gives as a parable to... Um, Jesus is hanging out with some people that the religious people thought he shouldn't. And then he goes into telling three parables... Lost sheep, lost coin, and then this prodigal son. And the yeah. prodigal son story is by far the, the longest of this narrative. Yeah. There's a lot of depth to it, but just even on the surface, it's it's very powerful. Then, 
ulterior narratives for the dad. So the dad could have just fumed at home and gone from, I feel sad that my son left to, I can't believe my son left. That drives me nuts that he left. Yeah, what are the potential responses for the father when the son does come back well home. before that though he it could have been a narrative where he said i i'm gonna go find him and i'm gonna get my money back oh, and i'm sure. gonna tell him i'm gonna point out that he was such an idiot <laughs> and uh we know how that narrative ends the son is so appreciative that dad came <laughs> and yelled at him in front of his friends <laughs> uh jeez dad i know Okay. Yep. The, another alternative narrative for the dad is that uh, he could have immediately said, well, that son is, is dead to me. I'm just going to move on. And uh, I'm just, I've, I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm, I'm done with it. And then when the son comes home, they could have picked it up right from the moment he left. Again, just like, like the dad could, uh, oh, that's right. You're not dead. I'm mad at you. I can't mm. believe you did this to me. What if the dad never gave the inheritance? Like, nope, mm. I'm going to disown you before you have a chance to hurt me. You're no longer my son. Get out of my house. Yeah. Anyway, there's a lot of mess in this. What, what it, it seems like the least likely thing of all the parts of this narrative happen. Mm. <laughs> Which is interesting. The dad gives the inheritance. The son blows it. He decides, I'm going back because I... I could be my dad's lowest servant and have it better than I have it now. He goes back. The dad embraces him, celebrates that his son is home. And then the, the uh, I guess the most tangible real part of the whole, whole narrative is the, then the brother grumbles. Oh, Why are we brother. celebrating? Why are we celebrating him? I've been here all along. Eeyore. Well, that's the, uh, the brother is the response of that second option you gave about the son coming back and demanding more. I'm owed yeah. more. The brother's like, I've been here all along, yeah. and I didn't screw up. Why Why am I not treated better? And the dad's response is the best. He goes, it's all been yours all along. <laughs> and it, the thing that we have to understand, wrap our head around, when we think about the reconcilia- reconciliation of this relationship that Jesus is illustrating, is that... Um, there was extreme cost for the son in humbling himself. There was extreme cost for the dad. And uh, setting aside justice or even what is right, that's hard. Mm. And the, the breakdown is that the brother, uh, he his cost was to be excited that his brother was home and that uh, he's being celebrated even though he wasn't necessarily the faithful good brother. Yeah. Just, I mean, and he wasn't brother, willing to pay that. The brother who stayed was you know, wanting... Equality. That's what it was. Is yeah, he was fair. hoping for fairness and what was justice. Yeah, what was shown by the father was not fairness by any means. It was amazing grace. And that's what blows my mind about when we talk about grace that I can really quickly get to the things where I'm like, this isn't fair, that's not fair. Um, but what what's fair is for me to get what I deserve and... Hmm. God never gave me what I deserved, which is crazy. Yeah, the unlikely narrative, and we're going to look at it over the next weeks, actually this entire year, is that uh, we are the ones 
that are the root of estrangement with God. Our failing, our issue, we're the ones to blame, not God. Yeah. And the example that God then lives out is that he sacrifices the most for the estrangement we caused. Mm-hmm. And how do we bring that? How do we bring, when there's a potential for estrangement between us and people, another person, a loved one, and when we are called to be Christ-like and to sacrifice more, even in the midst of our innocence, purity, when we have, even this is the one that's just been really stretching to me, as we seek to reconcile relationship between the body of Christ and culture, it's not a moment of going, culture, you win, but how can we be reconciled to culture? And mm-hmm. uh, um, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of challenge ahead. Maybe this is what, what is the word you used? Not angst. Dread. Dread. Greg, as you were thinking about this, <laughs> okay, I dread it, okay. I think so, something like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're, we're going to end this week by asking these questions. Uh, what reconciliation cost seems the most exorbitant to you today? And that, that time piece is a heavy, heavy weight in it. And we all, with some thought, some process, can probably realize that there are potential estrangements that surround us. Uh, and it too can even just be in our relationship with God. What are the costs that? I feel like it could easily, someone could easily respond to that question by saying something along the lines of, well, I'm willing to pay it, but this, but so-and-so isn't willing to do their part. Yeah. And, uh, (coughs) I guess my response to that would just be that the, your cost is, is the waiting is the time yeah and i would even say that one of the universal costs of reconciliation as opposed to just uh i don't know empty forgiveness or whatever it is is like it is or it is whatever it is is reconciliation has the cost of saying i'm responsible for my part but i'm not responsible for their part sure and that's what god has done with us god is uh you know that moment when uh, what there can't be any greater love than somebody that would lay down their life for a sinner, somebody who's unworthy. Yeah. Uh, Jesus did the part, did yeah. his part, even apart from ours. Yeah, completely apart from, I mean, we we added nothing to it. We, nope. we can't add anything to it. Our work, I mean, we can't do anything. It's amazing to me, the prodigal son, the father, um, part of paying the cost of reconciliation for us is that we are willing to position our hearts towards something that we can't even see. Yeah. So the father positioning heart towards the return of his son, you mm-hmm. know, waiting for his son to come back, probably waking up every day, feeling the tension of, I hope my son comes home, but he hasn't come home, yep. but I hope. And my reconciliation cost is that I'm going to put my heart in a position that I am hopeful. I'm not full of dread or fear that he's never going to come back. I'm I'm believing in something. I'm hoping for something that I can't see right now. And when, when relationship is broken, it can feel like it's done. It's over. That's it. Especially if the other party has walked away. But part of our cost is being willing to walk that road of 
I'm going to put my hope into what I can't see in that relationship, my relationship with my spouse that's broken or my child that's broken or my parent that's broken. And I don't see how that could ever be fixed. I'm going to put my hope in the potential of this fixing and coming back. And I'm going to put all my energy towards let's go back to connected relationship versus, yeah, it's hopeless. I Mm -hmm. I can't have any hope. And it's messy. It's not, I don't think we can do it overnight, but this is a foundation that uh, I know that if we start here, we can open this up and really start to walk toward reconciliation. Yeah, and that in that picture, uh, with God's reconciliation, with because of Jesus, the reconciliation that we have in our relationship with God, it's pretty easy to use vernacular that says that, that it's free. You know, because of Jesus, our, we are forgiven the gift of salvation, but we are part of the reconciliation process as well. Yeah. Uh, God is not, because of Jesus, uh, isn't thrusting his reconciliation upon us. You can't thrust reconciliation. No, <laughs> you can't. <laughs> force? Force reconciliation. It's 2 Corinthians 5, I love, because is it Paul? Who writes it? Yeah. He he says, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Like, do it. Be. You have to choose it. And I like the message version that says, become friends with God. He's already become friends with you. <laughs> that God's done the work to get to us. And we uh, we have the honor, the privilege, the choice to reciprocate that. Yeah, but you got to choose. you got to choose. you got to choose. Yeah, there has to be a choosing of, yeah, I'm going to, I'm also going to, I'm going to choose to be reconciled to you, God. You've done all the work. And that goes back to the directional. Even in our reconciliation relationship with God, if God is always towards us, but we have to choose to be towards him. Mm-hmm. We're going to end also with uh, what would empower you to pay those costs. And uh, I don't know how, I don't, I don't necessarily know how I would answer this other than good perspective opens that up for me. But uh, it's so easy. It would be easy to say, well, what would empower me is that if they deserved it or what would empower me is if uh, it was easier or somebody told me what I'm supposed to do. But I mean, the what empowered God to pay those paid the price of Jesus for us. Yeah. And it's it is his love and his value for each of us. Yeah. I think if we can understand the cost of it, once we get the cost, what we choose to do is almost of no consequence or at least our motivation. If if I don't believe that the cost of a relationship is worth it, then it doesn't matter what I choose to do or not do. I My cost is already determined that, no, it's not worth it. But if I determine that the cost of this relationship being broken is too much and uh, I'm willing to pay whatever cost, then... I mean, you'll just go to any length. So determine the cost or determine the value of relationship. Is your relationship with somebody in your life that's broken, is it worth it to you to pursue that reconciliation? Or Or in God, too. Yeah. It's got to be worth it. With God. And it it has to be personalized. It has to be. You have to determine that. And that's why it's so important that we start this year, this theme, with this conversation about cost. Because what can be really quickly ignored is, hey, it's really fun. Have right relationship with everybody. It's so easy. 
God's gift is right relationship, and uh, it it starts with a cost. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be fun. Looking yeah. forward to this year. Yeah, this conversation. Be, it's gonna be good. Uh, if you are in Minneapolis and you're not part of a church community, we're better with you, or other churches are better with you. I encourage you to be part of a community. Uh, if you are not in Minneapolis, same. Go be a part of a church community. It's worth it. Uh, it's not necessarily about what you get. It's about what you give to that body, that that group of people. But we're available. Love to hang with you. Thanks for listening. See you guys later.